0: Hello, and welcome to the MoonWise Lunar Forecast for June 13th through July 12th, 2018. I'm your host, Dorte-Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that we're experiencing Before we begin, I want to thank all of our listeners for being part of this growing community. This month, we reached almost halfway to our goal on Patreon, and I am so humbled and honored by your trust and support. Big thanks goes to our newest Patreon subscribers, Katie Christian, Emma Healy, and Mindy Ray. Thank you all so much. I can't even begin to describe how encouraging it is to receive that vote of confidence you too can join in the fun over at patreon.com slash moonwise. And a very special shout out to all the lovely women I met at the Spirit Weavers gathering this past week. It was so sweet to hear from longtime listeners and be in a circle with new friends in the Moon Lodge. So welcome to all of you. Hello, Susan. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I'm really excited to hear about your thoughts on this upcoming moon cycle and what we may be working with this month.
1: Thanks, Dorothe. I'm always delighted to um, sit across from you and uh, to uh, have an opportunity to speak with our uh, wise women that are linking up with us and creating community uh, so that we can help move through these evolutionary times with love and collectiveness and heart. So um, it's always it's always an honor. Um, and in true, you know, we're in a new moon in Gemini. So in true Gemini form, uh, there's so much information for me to disseminate that um uh, I've had to take lots of breaths to not get overwhelmed, to try to uh, to sort out what was perhaps uh, at least in this moment being guided uh, that would be of highest assistance. so we'll we'll jump in and see, you know, see how it goes. We're moving into this particular cycle with, um, I think many of us being deeply rattled and um, a sense of tenderness and some confusion with uh, a couple of high-profile folks who chose to end their lives um, last week. And uh, I really just, um, without obviously getting into a lot about it, um, I uh, many people came to me and really felt particularly with Anthony Bourdain because he had wrestled with and was really so passionate in his life, you know, wrestled with his demons and was so um, transparent and, and so passionate about his life and and bringing us all to the table of life to experience each other in our cultures and, and um, spoke out in the form, you know, for feminism and for equality. And um, uh, it just was such a beautiful human being and I think gave so many people hope and um, so, so many people came to me um, over the last few days and said, you know, if he can't find that happiness or find that peace, how will I? And I think that um, that one thing we, we need to keep in mind is that, you know, death in any form is great mystery, that when it comes down to it, we have absolutely no idea what that is about. That's what Albert Einstein was saying at the time of his ending of his life was, you um, you know, this is this is the new adventure that I will I can only face through experience, and it's unquestionably uh, no closure and very tragic when this happens in our personal lives and and um, and and in this collective experience. But I do feel that at the most mystical level, it's allowing us once again to sit in in the unknown, to sit in uncertainty, to be in a space of allowing our spirit to lead in that, and. Um, to know that we have to live with questions and um, and that we need to find that hope within ourselves and that we, um, we, where we see it and we're inspired by it and let his inspiration be um, unwavering for us uh, because we simply don't understand what went on in those moments. Um, but as I say, I, I so not that I have any answers or want to be irreverent in not giving this the time that it deserves. But, but really, um, again, as we know that you know, I think a lot of times too we have that notion that success is a guarantee of contentment or happiness, and many people do and their lives because of financial concerns, health concerns, and um, and a deeper kind of pain uh, and others, other other things that we simply don't understand. So I, I really just wanted to to um, invite us to live with the questions together and in the spirit of the Gemini New Moon to to talk together, to communicate with one another and and to reach out and, and to receive love and to receive if someone um, reaches to us and says, are you okay, um, to resist being defensive and protective and to allow that, that um, true caring to come to us and true caring out to others uh, with no agenda but simply to say that, You know, that heartfelt, tender love um, is always um, a salve, you know, during these times. Gemini is a mutable air sign, and um, it's very flexible. It loves a lot of variety. Gemini's landscape is the mind. Uh, It's exactly what we're doing right now. It's sharing and disseminating information, and uh, it's fast thinking. It can have trouble staying in the body because the energy rises very quickly. The mind is faster. Reading can be too slow for Geminis. Talking sometimes can be too slow because there's just so much to say and so much to experience uh, in that way. It can be very playful, um, always wanting to communicate ideas. And and the air signs really love free choice. They don't want to be constricted in that way. So if you kind of think about wind tunnels, you know, that like intensity of what goes on with that. Um, Uh, And and I would say every sign is a higher or lower octave that interfaces with a personality quality. So we always need to sort of keep um, those pieces in mind. Um, And we talk about that, that Geminis will often feel frustrated once they've worked an issue out in their mind. Uh, It feels redundant to have to work it out in the 3D. It's like... I, you know, come on, What what what's the problem here? We just figured it out. What's the resistance? Let's move through. Um, and I was thinking about this and remembering um, when I I teach the Akashic Records periodically and there was one class that I had in the beginning and I've never had so many people asking questions. I mean, it was just overwhelming. And then the next time somebody, a person came that hadn't been there and when they came, they, so everybody's talking, saying what they're thinking, all these kinds of things when we're asking and feeling into it. And one woman was saying, I can't, I don't have words, but I can tell you where it took me. I can tell you what I'm feeling. And everybody's just this dissonance in this moment. And then I'm driving home and I'm like, what is this? And I I had this big insight, aha, like, oh yeah, everybody in the class is a Gemini, except for this one woman who was Scorpio. And I came back last time, you know, it's sort of like, astro humor. So I got a big kick out of it. I don't know how much anybody else did, but it was very clarifying in this thing. Oh, okay. Now I get this. And now I know what to do with the class because it's all Gemini's here. And they really, really want, you know, the notebooks for. Were- you know, we're going like crazy um, here. And so it was, it was just an interesting observation around when you're in company with people, when you're in, you know, even work settings, things like that. You know, it's just sort of interesting that Gemini uh, is the one with sometimes a little bit more, you know, curiosity and questions that, that we might have. So with this particular um, uh, cycle we have in this new moon, remember, the new moons are planting seeds, fresh starts, resets. So this can be very much a resetting of the mind. And uh, the, the big feature, which I'll get back into in a minute, that has, a, has a, a very rich quality of this particular cycle is that Gemini is ruled by Mercury. Mercury in the sky is one step ahead. It, rules, it moves a little bit faster. So it's actually in um, Cancer. And so Cancer, uh, the moon is ruled by Cancer, and Mercury is ruled by Gemini. So they have this mutual reception where they're in each other's um, signs and houses, and they're the uh, signs and, and um, planets, and so they're talking to each other in this way. And Cancer is one of feelings. It's sort of a maternal area ruling more of the stomach, the breasts. It's that sense of the felt Uh, experience and the sense of, uh, as I said, where the moon ventures into. So with that in mind, um, this particular, uh, experience of this Gemini cycle is, um, got that richer quality of the felt experience so we need to in a way it's an opportunity or we might you know like i said before what we feel but we can't say um that we're actually having access to bridging the mind and the heart or the mind and the felt experience um and so with that in mind, it was really interesting. I had a few women that came in this week, and I always look at the trends because I know that they're, you know, I feel very strongly that they're connected to astrology and they help make it real for me. Um, and then I help with the work that we do. But uh, women came in with memory, grieving, and a sense of readiness to work on an area of maternal deprivation or, or an understanding of some of the maternal losses that they felt In a sense of ownership, meaning, wow, I got, I really got in touch with a felt experience of, of an element of my childhood with my mother. Um, and again, it's not around blaming. It's just, I mean, we all have a, a loneliness that we can feel or a sense of not being understood or a, whatever that might be. But it, it also can be very much connected to, as, as women, we have a lot of issues with food and a lot of our relationship to food and nurturing and soothing and numbing. And many and women were coming in and I was like, what is this? And I was like, oh yeah, this is an experience. What are, what, a beautiful moment really even you know it's hard but to say I'm having access to something that I actually can put words on and not only feel it but I can as I bring it up with the words and the felt experience I can I feel capable of doing something about it and the doing something about it isn't something that feels coming to me like someone else saying to me you need to do something about this it's like me feeling like oh wow I can I can be that reparenting or re remothering myself with this, because now I get it in a different way than I'm just re um, wounding or feeling that that in a memory um, more than the memory, it had an insight into it. Gemini uh, is always searching for it. Gemini's uh, symbol is twin, so it's always searching for for its twin. And so when we think about that, it's a call and response. Um, if there's no conversation, if there's no game, if there's no dance, Uh, that to be had without a partner someone to play off of, and at a higher, more spiritual level, as Mercury rules Gemini, um, uh, uh, a beautiful astrologer, Andrew Smith, also describes Gemini as the dialogue between the seen and the unseen, that Gemini truly accounts for the conversation that not only exists within people, but exists in the invisible and visible worlds. It's a two-way conversation that, if balanced with a level of consciousness and awareness, will help actualize one's overall path. So with that in mind, we, we also feel with this dissemination of knowledge and partnership that it's outside of us and interactive, but it's really also fundamentally inside of us. So when we're searching for our twin, we're searching for wholeness within. And as we're searching for wholeness within, part of the difficulty is the self that dwells in the shadow of the unconscious can block the dialogue of these other elements of ourselves. That's where I was getting into with this cancer element of old pain or old mem- memories, loneliness, fear. Um, and what's also, so so to be aware of that, and I think when we're working with Gemini, working with partnership, working with healing, um, when we think about Gemini, Gemini does ask a lot of questions because it's curious and it says a variety of information it really wants to learn and wants to disseminate and wants to share. So, when we think about that cognitively, what is the time that we're really asking a lot of questions? If we're parents, we remember, we know it right away if we have a child in the house that's anywhere from like five, unless they're really precocious, like four or five to nine, you know, it's a time of like, why, 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 why? And many questions we can't really answer. And that gets tiring, and they're really interested. And so when we think about what might get stuck in an element of this part where we're look, learning for wholeness or seeking wholeness, um, can be a younger part of ourself that was maybe when our cognition was starting to grow. Because remember we were talking about Aries is like I am, it's like birthing, and Taurus is really primal in that's kind of primal need level. And so when we get into Gemini, Gemini is when the consciousness starts. And so when we're retrieving that within ourselves or growing that within ourselves, like even when we learn new things, there's some things we feel really good about, and some things we go, we get stuck. And right away we go, I can't. And, or why do I have to learn that? How could I possibly? So we start to, the resistance starts to express itself in questions, asking for clarification when it's really just resistance. So as we're working with this notion of twinning with the Gemini, I think it's absolutely fascinating to watch our resistance and go, oh beautiful, let's sit in resistance, not only from a will chakra point of view, like what are we like saying no to? But even through the mind, when we're trying to learn something new or we're sharing with someone something, that we're breaking it down and we're finding a way to communicate it, to welcome that and to just say the why and the how, only, we're only open to learning when we allow that we're vulnerable, when we allow that we don't know, when, we're curi- when we let the curiosity also reveal a sense of, um, of exposure you know, to, to the sense that we don't know everything and to be comfortable in being in that space of a new beginner, of a new learner about something and just to breathe into that and to recognize when we're younger and we probably asked a lot of questions and again thinking about our environment and if people shut us down or we were not to be not to speak our truth, not to even ask questions uh, in our environments, and our educational systems, this can be little soul losses and areas of where the resistance is that can come up and I think really be a beautiful healing, especially during a Gemini moon cycle. So. I would just say be aware of that, you know, when you're writing, when you're thinking, when you're watching yourself, to say, what is my resistance to new learning? Geminis don't have it um, overall. Um, They might have a little frustration that people can't. They want everyone to learn everything because it's such a joy. Um, And so I actually love having Geminis teach me things, um, the ones that can, you know, just join with me in terms of my slowness, so to speak, because it's really a beautiful experience. So I would just also speak about that. I think um, the other thing that um, when we talk about this new moon, because it's setting the table for this summer, so to speak, or a framework that I think um, going into our mind and really saying a lot of times in our spiritual practices, we say we got to get out of our mind. But I really can't say strongly enough, this is a whole cycle The next over the summer, that we absolutely need our mind. But we need a mind that is, um, dare I say rational or level-headed, we need a mind that is um, not adverse to our creativity, to our intuition, to our knowing, but one that can sort, sift, and discern, um, and not make quick assumptions, not go into that reactivity hotspots, um, and um, can... Be in a way uh, just just a, a a disseminator, you know, for us in that sense around everything that's coming at us, um, and with with that notion of the mind that. The mind doesn't, it can't know everything, it's not about knowing everything, but it's about, when I was thinking about how would we title this, this moon in a way, it's like kind of a wise mind, meaning a mind that we can um, look to within ourselves that can be honest with us, can take a moment to sort of you know, again, like we said, disseminate and discern. So that's something that we want to cultivate during this cycle so it can help us through a lot of intensity that we will be moving through with the eclipse cycles in July, with the new moon in July going forward. And what I'll touch into in very briefly, because we have time to really let it open up for us, which is Mars, Mercury, retrograde, which all the kind of astrology minds um, are speaking about that this is kind of the biggest... Um, transit that we'll really be feeling um, through the summer season. That will be really big for us. Um, so one of the things when I was thinking about with this um, ability in terms of the Gemini uh, new moon and moving into this notion of letting the mind open up and the mind being a rich resource for us is the other notion of um, cultivating the ability or thinking about the word translating. Uh, what I mean becoming a translator. and what I mean by that is that I think one of the major reasons we get step we, we, that can cause misunderstanding and really big conflict is that we make assumptions about what people are saying to us and what we are saying to other people. And a lot can get lost in translation. And so what we do is is we just decide we, we knew what they were saying and then we keep going out of that. We talked about that in times when we were talking about the Aquarius moon, again, an air sign. But um, with that in mind, I would love us to say, and I'm thinking about this with even global summits that are going on right in the world, and what does what gets lost in translation? And so with that idea for us to even reflect with that question, and I would really pose it to everyone over this lunation or the next you know, a couple weeks for sure is just reflecting is there something getting lost in translation? Is there a way I can really look in my assumptions that I made when people were either talking with me, I was talking with them, texts are even worse. Emails, you know, a lot gets lost because we don't have the felt experience. And cancer in this, in this um, uh, part of the lunation is saying, you know, move into your felt experience as part of the translating of what's really going on. So you have a, a much richer experience. And I was remembering when I was a child that I grew up with um, my aunt was deaf and her husband, my uncle, was deaf. So I had in my life um, uh, a experience of two individuals where I got to see that so much was in the silence, that even though they weren't able to hear, with that, they were creating a, a language in terms of sign language and really asking everyone so often to, set, to stop and say, I didn't understand what you just said. Um, and it was really um, fascinating. And I think I just have a lot of honoring for that because an appreciation for the struggle of living in a you know a silent world with a world of of talking. But but it was also I guess an appreciation for um, how much goes on in the nonverbal and other ways of communication, how we communicate. When we say one thing and we're communicating in our language, our energy, something else, we're not aligned. So with that in mind, I'd invite us to all become better communicators, to really tap in on a daily basis to, again, an embodied way that we're communicating so that our, our language nonverbal, our language in how we're sharing, you know, how we speak with our hands, our language and our energy and our language with our actual talking. It's not to overwhelm us in our mind to go, how am I going to do all that? It's really just more to say, let's ask questions. Like if we say, I'm feeling, I'm feeling uh, like I'm not quite understanding you. I feel like there's a different message going on here. Just say it with curiosity. Listen to yourself, stop, and, and then if something's feeling uncomfortable or not feeling right, you're not digesting it, you're not getting it, you know, stop and don't be afraid to ask that question. And don't be afraid if you, somebody looks a little lazy, you know, their eyes are getting glassy to just go, am I clear? Did I, you know, just stop for a moment and not kind of have an assumption that quicker is better that we can slow down with our communication and really talk with each other. I think that, and translating with other cultures, I think we're also seeing this with with this um, assumptions that are being made about people of, of different backgrounds and ethnicity and assumptions about them and their cultural ways and, and just what's going on and just to stop and say, I don't understand and I need to. So I just don't want to, you know, kind of cough on cough a bender about all that, but, but I think this is a beautiful reset moment with this new moon in Gemini because Gemini and I um is so flexible and adaptive and really wants to learn and um so that's a wonderful kind of thing with that notion of the inner twin with the aspects to ourselves that are not easily acceptable accessible and then noticing out in the world what if I just glossed over that I decided I knew and made assumptions about and I could learn more and um and I can uh, I can really just just you know kind of have a different sense about that. Uh, so then, as we move into the lunation with this felt experience, like we said, um, and and asking questions and allowing ourselves to to digest what's going on, uh, in that sense, there is a lot moving through this month. So again, we have the Gemini. New moon, and then we have the sun that changes signs out of Gemini that moves away from the Gemini new moon. The sun goes into Cancer um, on the 21st, and it's a uh, cardinal water sign. And when it moves in there, it triggers the uh, summer solstice. And the summer solstice, we know um, in uh, that richness of the experience, is the longest day, so to speak, that light. And so it is a beautiful time to really shower ourselves and bathe ourselves in the sun the solar radiance the light um, you know all of the qualities and elements that move in with the sun what's going on also with this particular um, uh, summer solstice is that and this kind of leads into uh, that retrograde mars cycle is that in that evening what's really beautiful is that the you know the west or the feminine can be associated with the west or the left side of our body and venus is in her um, assimilation stage in the sky and venus is in leo and she's going to be up there as the evening star in the evening of the solstice and then in the east what's rising is um is mars uh in the in the eastern horizon rising up in Aquarius, and so we have what's going on in there is the masculine and feminine up in this in this beautiful night sky, where we have that longest day, and we have that experience of launching the summer season, you know. And so in that moment. Um, Adam Gainsburg, who is also a, 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 talks about soul science and astrology, speaks of this moment of one of Venus and Mars asking us to make room for a less familiar version of the known masculine and feminine aspects of ourself for evolution, a new iteration of our masculine and feminine to come forth. And I really, really love that. It has nothing to do with gender. It has to do with those aspects within our So again, when we're down, you know, that one week later coming into um, the summer solstice and we love and we're enjoying, especially all of us who've been really craving the sun, to also think about in the night sky, this beautiful moment that we can add to this notion of curiosity, of learning something new, of opening up ourselves to a new understanding about, um How we would like to express and view and feel into the masculine and the feminine. And again, we might get into that moment of how do I do that? you know, and sort of go into the mind and just trust into, we'll figure it out. But the idea is to allow the wonder and curiosity about that uh, that question being posed, or that opportunity um, to uh, to be open for us and how beautiful really that is. So, With that in mind, we start to come in after that date of uh, the 21st of Cancer in the the summer solstice, and Cancer, again, rules the moon, and it's a very great mother or goddess or um, cosmic mother energy. Uh, So it's, uh, again, the dance in the summer is the uh, moon and the sun overall. But the big thing is on the 26th, several days later, Mars goes into retrograde in Aquarius, and it's um, going to be there until August 27th, so it, really the whole summer. And inside of that, there'll be other planets going retrograde. So with Mars going retrograde or preparing for Mars to go retrograde, um, one of the big features is going to be really asking ourselves to look into the inner motivations. How What motivates our energy? What motivates our actions? Because Mars is that planet of energy. We could almost say, you know, if, if um, you know, Venus is more of the values of how we want to move through things. And also the expression of it is Mars. So Mars is a lot quicker. Mars is action oriented. And when it goes retrograde, it's it being asked of us to really look at how we use our energy. And um, so with that in mind, it it can, it can be challenging because it's not comfortable in being asked to slow down it's asking us to really look at innovation. It's saying, "Okay, Mars, this is great, but we we want to not move in the customary ways that we make ourselves known or we like the ways that we might take action, the ways that we might use our energy, the ways that we barrel through things." It's saying, "Wow, we could really upgrade this. We could be innovative with this. We could really break free." And then when it moves into Capricorn, which we'll talk about down the road, but it's connected to the full moon, which is why I'm highlighting it, uh, we need to be thoughtful and understand that there is more consideration that meets the eye. And if we try to barrel through something, it likely won't go as well. When we're thoughtful about our inner motivations and thoughtful about our inner intentions and what's at stake, I think it will be helpful. Now, I will say this all plays out in a collective level. And with that in mind, um, Mars is going to be what we call out of bounds for 11 out of 13 weeks. So I just want to say when a planet's out of bounds, it means it's out of bound of the rotation of the sun, which means it can be even more inflammatory. And we're kind of watching that in our culture right now. And it's making us more inflammatory because we're feeling uh, we're feeling the impact of feeling powerless and out of control with a lot of you know, a lot of energy that just doesn't feel grounded and doesn't feel ordered in an organized, rational way. Um, So that's why we want our own minds to be thoughtful and not to go into fear and to really feel that bouncy energy or to feel in ourselves if we're getting, um, if we're not really, you know, we're going kind of like, I'm going to go rogue in my emotions or really get reactive to to be aware of that, you know, to be mindful of those kinds of things, it's it's really important. And remember, it's re, it's you know preparing us for this big, um, these big July uh, eclipses that will be um, really important for us. And then the other thing I just want to make note of, uh, in with that in mind, is that um, we have the full moon on the 28th. is a full moon in six degrees Capricorn. We want to remember. That as we move in and experience that full moon in Capricorn, you know, we are ancestors. Um, we have ancestors and our kids, if we have them, are ancestors, but we are ancestors. And so we want to make them proud and make ourselves proud by really bringing our heart and our truth and our our consideration of what our potential is and what our calling is into um, what we're creating now. And that's in a small and a big way. So it's not to overwhelm us or to put pressure on us, but it's really just say, Let's just put our heart into it. Let's be real with it. So this full moon coming out of this new moon in Gemini is really going to say, um, okay, all of these new perspectives, all this curiosity, all of this upgrading of of the ability to utilize the mind, let's take that upgraded mind, that, that sense of discovery, and now let's bring it into what we're rebuilding. So I want to say, while we're going through this, all of this that's going on and and everything, um that our meditation practice could not be more important or time out unplugged but also put down like i know the i shy away from the word goal because i think it gets us too type a and driven in our culture but you know having having goals is helpful having things that we there is nothing more satisfying than checking something off our list so continuing to have a goal for ourselves that feels attainable that feels it's connected to you know breaking down the small the small steps that lead to the great things, I think is also going to keep us grounded and it's going to keep us focused to what in all this madness can we do that is useful to ourself and our and our higher dreams and visions and um, is achievable. You know, that's very Capricornian and it really will help us with the Capricorn full moon and this ability to not kind of because the other thing about Gemini, so I would say with the Gemini new moon, we could put a way too big list of all the goals that we might have, and then we can achieve them. So just, you know, make your list, but then rank it in terms of these couple things would really make my life better and keep me on task and all of that good thing. So, you know, again, in my sort of tying it up and then seeing Dorothee, if there's anything you want to speak to, is um, this is a time really very much to... Um, Allow because of that deeper feeling element that when something comes up and we have strong reactions or we have our own, like we said, assumptions or thoughts, that we lift the lid of them up a little bit and that we don't do that out of self judgment. We really do it out of curiosity that we would like to go deeper and the attitudes that are evoking emotions or memories coming up to be embraced and given tender compassion and a new attitude that updates the thought if possible because that's going to help us through this to free up so that communication can open up to find a translator or become a translator. So we talk about a lot, really good body workers are translators of our body. They'll say, this is what your body's saying. And we go, oh yeah, beauty, body, how inconvenient that we have a body um, that needs something from us. But more to say, it's trying to give us you know, the information that we really want, and so we wanna listen. To find translators of the heart, um, to think about what people are really sharing with us and to allow them to ask questions and to ask questions of them, but that aren't, of um, an accusatory nature, are a defensive nature, but truly are to get to know one another. Gemini and Sagittarius love to get to know other people and cultures, and if nothing else, Anthony Bourdain, I don't actually know what his date sign is, but was such a beautiful example of someone who was always curious and accepting um, and always knew he was a visitor in the most beautiful of ways to get to know um, and be present for other people, Um, to stay connected to your personal goals, to assess your inner motivations and question them. And remember, this is also Pride Month. Be proud of wearing your colors. Be proud of who you are. Look to um, our, our brothers and sisters and what they've cultivated in what they've had a risk and what we know that to live in our life on so many levels, but very particularly um, in in that level of other and welcoming everybody in um, so that we can all set ourselves free and encouraging others to do the same with respect and dignity to be ourselves. And the other thing uh, that I was reflecting on, sometimes we talk about uh, essences. And so one that I was thinking about um was cosmos, and I think overall, when we meditate um, or we think about a mandala like a an image, the daisy or a form of the daisy is really lovely because there's all the petals, and there's the sum of the petals, which is the totality of the daisy and how beautiful it is, you know. Uh, But all the sum that goes along with it, all the variants, And so cosmos, the flower cosmos, can kind of look like that. Um, But as a flower essence, it's often utilized as an integration of ideas and speech. And so this is particularly true for individuals who have so many thoughts coming in their mind that they can't articulate them or they get congested. And then it just almost feels like a speech impediment. You know, and or we get shut down because we can't, it goes too fast, and we either speak too fast or we can't disseminate it. And what Cosmos does is it integrates ideas and speech, and in that way, it's like kind of like the higher mind or concepts with the actual ability through the fifth chakra of bringing it forth. And I think, again, what we remember with this lunation of the Gemini with the Cancer and that all these other features that are coming through um, with the new equality or uh, opening up to uh, a different sense of this dialogue and finding that twin within and around us and cosmically, it's this sense of disseminating the new information and also wanting to be able to have room to open that up. So it's an embodied mind cycle. It truly is. And... Um, uh, it really invites a sense of continually being connected with mind, but mind that is open. So I know uh, in true Gemini fashion, not being one, but, you know, we're in the Gemini um, character in this moment and flavor and feature. I probably overwhelmed everyone a little bit, but what's coming to you, Dorothea, as we as we kind of cycle back?
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Susan, for all of those insights. Um, My my little Capricorn heart just lights up when you say goals and checklists and checking things off. But of course, (laughs) it also sounds like there is a lot happening in our minds and there may be a lot of questions and ideas. And so I guess my first question around that would be, I know at least for me, I'm definitely already starting to have a lot of like thoughts and curiosities, trying to discern about experiences I've had recently. And my instinct after hearing you speak is to say, okay, you're having all these thoughts and feelings. Why not? take some more time and let those thoughts and feelings kind of like sink and sift a little bit before you say, in my case, like write an article about it or an essay about it, because it, it almost feels like it's not fully baked. It's just that there's like a lot coming up. So is that something that you would advise generally or yeah? What do you think? No, I,
1: I I love that. And I think it's more than this lunation. I think that's such a big question around we don't want to repress. I think that's the beauty of blogging or um, bringing forth writing the essays is we want to let them come voices of our heart um, and voices of what we feel is a true perspective. And I think the key with that is if the danger that lies is if we let it bake too much, it then becomes the need to perfect. And mm. um, Capricorn is you know, I'm a fellow Capricorn with Mercury and Capricorn. So it's like, Oh Lord, um, that's why nothing gets written because that notion of I could write it better, um, or it's not perfect. It's not as well as it could be, um, really gets to me. So that notion that can be, that can be problematic when we let things sit too long. Mm -hmm. Um, but if we can, if we can, as you just said, I think the best thing to do would be write it out and then put it down. And while you write it out, I would suss out because of this notion of seeking to communicate. And I think for women... Because our yin energy can move into us, but we need that yang of self-expression and those two energy centers of the will and the throat are the are the two energy centers most likely where we, you know, we either move or we speak that actually let our energy get communicated out. So I think that to find someone you really trust, which is actually what I've been doing lately, I've had a lot of deeply I, I've been concerned very deeply about my use of language, the things that I'm thinking, experiences that I'm having, I'm questioning myself and I'm questioning others. And so I'm reflecting on it, but I'm also reaching out to people I deeply trust. And I trust them not only having some wisdom about this, some experience with it. And um, I know that they're not going to judge me and I know they're going to hold really great space for me Mm -hmm. and they'll question me. And so I bring it to them and I'll say, Hey, you know, be honest with me. But this is where I'm at right now, and this is unedited and it's kind of raw. And this is what I'm feeling. And I let myself just throw it all out there. And just by doing that, it feels really good to say it and to be heard. Mm-hmm. And then they're really great in asking a couple of questions or just being empathic and not necessarily agreeing, but but validating my experience of my you know of the reality and truth of it, and then helping me distill what is the essential issue, topic, theme that really, really is of importance to me that I feel I need to go further with. And like we said, with the perspective or opening up sometimes, I, I also some things just dissolve as I'm saying them. So I would encourage you and I would encourage others uh, to do that as well. To And, and if, it, if there isn't someone, this is where we sometimes look and see that, where I meant about translator, that we might find that this is a little too much to unpack with our family or even with some of our friends because it's it's volatile and it's controversial and it you know might go against the grain of what we know everybody kind of consensual reality and that's where we need to maybe you know find us whether it's a therapist or it's a uh, someone uh, a coach spot of really wise counsel that we could say, you know, I'd I'd like to have a session with you. I've read about you, heard about you, I know you, and I would like to get your thoughts on this. Um, And it's money well spent with, you know, researching who we think we want to talk to uh, because we really will, I think, we'll get to something that's of value and really deep importance. So I don't think you should, I think, yes, let it, let it rest, And be with it because we can have really strong, like especially during the Mars retrograde for sure, because it'll be very intense depending, you know. And again, I can't stress enough, know how to read your chart. Maybe we should do a separate. I think we'd have to do a webinar on that one. Mm -hmm. Um, But just to know where houses are and what glyphs look like and be a translator of your chart just enough to know what's going on um, is so informative. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I would say um, don't let it sit inside of you, you know, in a way that can um, keep it activated and feel troubling.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like journaling would be really helpful, reaching out to a trusted person who you feel could hold space and even a a professional who, you know, sometimes it's just so helpful to get a more neutral outside perspective on your life and your thoughts and feelings where you know that they don't even know people, you know, and it's just great to get, get that. So I, I definitely attest to that. And encourage people to do that. And um, that also just reminds me that, you know, we were speaking in the beginning of this conversation about um, grief and a little bit of surprise around, you know, learning that people who we thought might be doing really well and seem really strong and really accomplished may actually be struggling. And I've seen some memes go around social media that I thought were really sweet, um, that that people were saying, hey, reach out to your strong friend. Just say hi, check in on them, ask them how they're doing. And I thought that was really, really sweet because I know, you know, at least for me, there are times when I may look like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing well in life, but maybe, maybe I just, yeah, don't, don't have the courage to be vulnerable and say like, Hey guys, like I'm actually struggling. I would love just a conversation or something. And those conversations can really help. They can lift people up and make them feel like they're not alone. So call that strong friend. (laughs)
1: Absolutely, and I think as women, we um, we don't receive uh, and we kind of train ourselves not to receive. And we train ourselves uh, almost to the point where it's hard to receive love and compassion because it's um, it puts us in a, a you know a vulnerable situation that, can be quite disappointing and sometimes injurious, and so um, to realize that the strength is important for us, but it overfunctions, and maybe that's a part of what we as women, as we're looking at that notion at the solstice about you know opening up for um, a new version or maybe less comfortable version of the masculine and feminine within us, and really reflect about that as it re- has to do with vulnerability and receiving and reaching out um, and being the receiver and reaching out to others. But also, as it relates in that Mars retrograde around, is there an area, I know for me, you know, much, much more of my work was about having to dismantle um, a, a, a wounded, masculine, collective, paternal energy that you know was a way that I drew strength in my life and to find a more authentic strength, and, um, and yet, and still. Um, I, you know, going through certain different times in my life um, in the last five years, it's been really one of saying, yeah, I, I can't, I couldn't put that all up if I wanted to. I, I am in a state of vulnerability and, and really in some ways what a relief that was, um, and, uh, to, to really sit in that space and not be broken, which is, I think our fear, um, but to break down, which is where breakthrough really happens. So I agree. I love that notion of reach out to your strong friend, except sometimes we gravitate, right? We fill our lives with ourselves. So if we have a bunch of strong friends, (laughs) we're all going to have to, uh, you know, agree at the same moment to, uh, check in on each other.
0: And, um, you know, speaking of getting support, um, I know that you offer sessions um, in person in the Chicago area and also remotely. And um, for some people, that might be a really uh, nice way to get support during this time. So I wanted to make sure to to talk a little bit about what you offer for people.
1: Thanks so much. And we've I've had the uh, the the honor and such joy to have some Moonwise sisters reach out from different parts of the the world uh, in in uh, our country United States and different you know parts but also. Uh, across the pond and, and other sides of the world. And it's been so beautiful. That's what I love about, you know, Gemini's technology, just like Uranus. And so being able to have Skype and, and see and be together, it's it's a really beautiful experience. And um, yeah, i I very happy to offer integrative um, therapy sessions that are really soul work. And so we utilize tools of astrology and Akashic work. Um, sometimes we don't, we just work very intuitively together on a, on an issue or a set of issues. I have a number of people who work with me uh, uh, via Skype, and it's uh, it's very it's lovely. We we have just as as I think a deep rich experience as we do, uh, live. Even though live again. Uh, is even more powerful and, and wonderful because you get to, I think, uh, what, what works for me is, is these altars and all of this energy in my room and all the helpers. And so we try to transmit as much as we can through the invisible realms for everybody. But when we're in the space, it's like, I get so much help in that way that helps support the work. Um, but uh, absolutely, I'm I'm very happy to to work on a shared experience and, uh, of interest to someone. And so if you think that that might be useful for you, you can email me at Susan at Everyday Medicine Woman and just kind of uh, ask me if you feel that that would be of value, and I can write you back and let you know. Um, sometimes I have resources for people in their area, and sometimes they don't, and so that might be a way to link individuals to others um, but I think too've we, we've, we've kind of stepped away from therapy because we found it to be so limiting, especially when we want spirit in the room when we want our whole experience in the room um, And so uh, with that in mind, I think that uh, as with an integrative soul orientation with um, a therapeutic process, it really can be um, really meaningful, and so um, I do feel very, you know, uh, grateful that I'm able to offer that with individuals uh, in a way that can respect who they are, their intuition, their wisdom, and that we're truly collaborating together, and I'm probably, when I use the word translator, I'm more than anything translating a lot of, of their wise self back to them that they can then collaborate and co-create in a way. So yes, thanks for asking. I, I love to work with everyone.
0: Thank you, Susan. And so for our listeners, you can get in touch with Susan, Susan at everydaymedicinewoman.com. And I also encourage you to follow her on Facebook if you're if you're on Facebook, it's Everyday Medicine Woman. And Susan shares more thoughts, wisdom, astrological snippets on Instagram. And her handle is at Susan Lipschitz there. So, wow, this has been a full, a full episode today. And I definitely encourage everyone, if you feel like it was a lot of information, go back and listen a second time, or maybe, you know, mid-month, take a moment to listen again on your way to work or, you know, in the evening when you're tidying up or something and just kind of let the information, um sift in again since it's a time of information so might as well right yes absolutely and i guess um, in summary what i would
1: invite everybody or maybe just say something to think about is keep a cool head and a warm heart you know just kind of bringing those together so that that might be another way to just keep a phrase in mind or a little meditative breathe in and breathe out with
0: that thank you everyone for tuning in for being part of the Moonwise community thank you so much to all of you who are sharing these episodes with your friends your sisters your mom um for giving us shout outs on social media you know this community is really spreading by word of mouth alone and it's just so beautiful to see so thank you mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to the show. You can get access to bonus offerings related to this episode and other treats over at patreon.com/slash moonwise. And if you haven't heard our recent episode with herbal food educators Sarah Kate and Summer Ashley of The Cosmic Kitchen, I highly recommend it. We talk about food as magic and medicine, the path from chronic illness to health and the healing power of plants. They remind us how sacred each meal can be and why making your food beautiful is part of the medicine. They share tips on spiking everyday foods with herbs and why a daily practice of healthy meals can do more than any pill or potion. You can listen to that episode and all our previous episodes on Moontent.co or subscribe to MoonWise on iTunes. Our theme music is Butterfly's March by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding, available on Bandcamp. See you next time.